Let's give Jesus praise. Woo! Oh, that was kind of weak. Let's give Jesus praise. Amen? Okay, so go ahead and get your Bible, or if you don't have your Bible with you and you look at, look at the Bible on your phone, you can do this and say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. It's the living Word of God living in me, and I'll never be the same. Never, never, never will I be the same. God increase, pastor decrease. Give me ears to hear what God will say. I'm going to walk with power and not let the loss get left. Amen. You may be seated. All right. Well, so we have a, a word from the Lord today. Amen. And I'm going to go as fast as I can. It's 1057. I'm going to try to have you out of here. No later than 1130. Amen. I'm going to do it. I'm going to be on time. Amen. God is good. All right. Well, let's go ahead and just, uh, I'm just going to say a little quick prayer. Father God, I thank you, Lord, that you use me. And Lord God, that uh, we have our hearts open to receive all that you have for us through this word. And we thank you, Lord God, that uh, it will be a word in due season and will change us because of who you are. And your word always does that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, today's message is called, God is dot, dot, dot to me. And then my byline is, God is everything that you need. Amen. Say, God is everything that I need. Amen. So I'm going to talk to you just a little bit about, uh, I have uh, some names of God that I want to talk to you about, and then I also have a little, a little message uh, right before that. The more you get to know God and his character through the word of God, the more you will be able to trust him, and the more he will be able to meet all of your needs. So you can't really trust somebody if you don't know them, right? Right? I mean... If a stranger came up to you on the street and said, hey, it, can, you, can you loan me $20? You'd be like, I don't know who you are. I'll never see that $20 again. You know, So you wouldn't trust him, right? You wouldn't trust that you would get it back. You may give it to him, but you wouldn't trust that you would get it back because you don't know him. But if you get to know God through the word and you know his character, you'll know and you'll realize and you'll understand that you can trust him. So Luke 8.18, I have it here in the Amplified. It says, so be careful how you listen. For whoever has a teachable heart, to him more understanding will be given. And whoever does not have a longing for truth, even what he thinks he has will be taken away from him. So, you know, I've read this before. But it's at the end of the uh, Luke 8 where it's talking about the parable of the sower. And then it says, it goes into Luke 8, 18. And it, and it says this. So I want to talk to you just a little bit about um, that set of scriptures. It's the ending part of the parable of the sower found in Luke 8, where we read that the word is heard by many, and there are different responses to the word. Have you ever wondered why some people come and they sit in a service, and they hear the same word that you heard, but they don't do anything with it, they didn't grow, they didn't, they're not closer to God, they didn't, you know, and it just didn't do anything for them, you know? I'm going to explain that to you today, why that happens, amen? So... A man went out to sow grain. For the sake of time, because I have too much to cover, for the sake of time, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about the parable of the, uh, in Luke 8. And it's basically about a man that went out to sow seed, to sow grain for seed for his crops to grow. Amen? So a man went out to sow grain, and the man represents God, and the seed is his message or the word. Just as a planted seed starts to grow, the word of God starts to deepen and grow within a person. So every time you hear the word of God, it gets planted in your spirit, right? Now, this verse 18 said that we got to be careful how we listen. 
So the parable of the sower says there's four different ways people listen and the four different responses to hearing the word. And so you can find in there where you are. Do y'all want to hear the four different ones? So response number one, some, feed, some seed fell on the path or the wayside and the birds ate it. So did that, did that word get sown? Did that word get to go in the ground? No, the birds ate it, right? The birds represent Satan, and the seed on the path represents people who hear the message, but immediately it's gone. And these are people who don't live a Christian lifestyle because they are focused on other things so much that the word of God is just really of not too much importance. They're just going through the motions. Maybe they just went to church because you said, hey, come to church. Or maybe they just went to church because, you know, they felt like their parents told them they had to, you know, or whatever. But they're so focused on other things in life that the word of God just really isn't important to them. So they just show up and they leave. So that's pretty sad, right? So none of that gets planted. So that's response number one. Response number two, some seed fell on rocky ground where there was little soil. The seed soon sprouted, but when the sun came up, it burnt the young plants. So some, some growing started happening because there was a little bit of soil there. The seed on the rocky ground represents people who respond with initial enthusiasm, but the word of God does not seek in deep. They might say, oh my gosh, that was so great. That was a great service. That was so good. And you'll say, oh really, what did pastor say? Um, I don't know, but it was really good. And they're real enthusiastic about it. And they're like, oh, it's great, you know? And then they go out, and that little bit that they heard just kind of shrivels up. Because the sun came, came out. And the sun is uh, persecution or hard, hard times, which is represented by the sun, comes along, and they give up at once. These are people who cannot commit to the Christian lifestyle. They are initially attracted, but they give up when the going gets tough. When those, that sun comes out, when the persecutions come by, when the hard times come by, they're like, they're not even looking to God for answers. They're just looking for whatever they can do to fix it or whatever. And that word that they had heard that had started to grow just dries up. That's response number two. Response number three, some seed fell among thorn bushes, which grew up and choked the plants. The thorn bushes choked the message of God. It is heard but people's concerns, their worries, their anxieties, their concern for riches, and their anxieties about life causes those plants to die. Some people are too concerned with what others think about them, and they worry and they fear too much, and that chokes the word of God. It chokes the word of God. You cannot allow that to choke out the word of God in your life. You cannot be so concerned with what people think of you. You cannot be so concerned with uh, your worries, your anxieties, uh, riches, getting ahead, materialism, things. All these things will choke out the word of God. So you gotta be careful to how you listen. Some people are too concerned with what others think about them and they worry and fear too much. They may even be jealous, angry, or too concerned with materialism and things. That, all of that, jealousy, all of that stuff chokes the word, and it, and it kills it, okay? So we hopefully are all in group number four, response number four. Some seed fell on good soil, and the plants produced a crop. They produced the corn or whatever was sown. Good soil represents people who hear the message and choose to apply it in their lives. They choose to live it. They're like, oh, that means something to me. I believe that's the word of God. Oh, God is telling me to be a good father. God is telling me to, 
to be a father lovingly and kindly. You know, whatever it is that you're hearing from the word of God, you take it and you want to grow with that. You want it to grow in your life. You want it, you're like, what is God saying through his word right now? I want that. I'm thirsty for that. I'm hungry for that. And when you do that, then the growth happens and it comes up and you produce the crop of godliness and maturity. Amen? So, good soil represents people who hear the message and choose to live it in their lives. They choose to grow for God. These people have strong faith and remain dedicated to a Christian lifestyle even when things are difficult, even when storms come. They grab a hold of that, that truth and they say, you know what? This, this storm may come, but it's going to pass because I believe God is for me, never against me. Amen? So we need to be those people by being careful how we listen. Verse 18 ends with, and whoever does not have a longing for truth, even what he thinks he has will be taken away from him. When I first read that, I was like, oh, what's going to happen? God's going to take it away? No, that's not, what he's, that's not what he's saying here. God doesn't ever take the word away from you. He doesn't ever take your growth away from you. But it says, whoever does not have a longing for truth, even what he thinks he has will be taken away from him. Because those cares of life or those distractions or whatever, that's what's going to take it away. How we listen determines what we receive. How we listen determines our growth, determines our, our Christian maturity. So we have to make sure that we listen thirsty for the truth, amen, hungry for the things of God, amen, longing for truth. Um, so it doesn't mean that it will be taken away by God, but it's taken, by way, taken away by how we choose to hear. If we listen and hear with a longing for the word, a longing to live what we hear, then we will grow. So it's our choice. Those four categories are dictated by our choice. Like I said, you've seen people come and people go, and, and you, you, like, you want so much more for them, but you can't force them to want to grow. You can't force them to long for the truth and to want God. So you just do what you can to pray for them and stand in faith and believe for them, and God will move. I believe that he will. But like I said, do you often wonder why some people grow so fast in the things of God and some people who hear the same message just don't? We choose growth and maturity in Christ by how we choose to listen and what we do with what we hear, what we do with what we hear. And you know what, the Holy Spirit, when you said yes to Jesus, you became a, a Christian. And by the way, Christian means little anointed one, little anointed one. Did you know that? Because Christ means the Messiah, the anointed. And Christian means little anointed one. Amen? So we are little anointed ones. So we should listen and long for, amen, the truth. We should listen and long for the truth. And um, so with that said, I want you to choose to listen today with the intent to take what the Word of God says and apply it and live it in your life. You know, live that Word that we hear together today. Live that Word. Amen? So that's what I wanted you to just, I wanted to preface this whole teaching with is that, is that it's your choice. What you choose to do with the Word is how you'll end up in those categories. Amen? So it's important for you to, to be careful how you listen. Be careful how you listen. So in the Bible, I, I've read that scripture so many times before, and I just never really, it never really sunk into me like that. Be careful how you listen, because it will dictate how you grow. So 
With that said, we're going to listen today with the intent. You know the word hearken? It means to listen with the intent to obey. So I want you to hearken to what God has to say today. Listen with the intent to obey. Amen? In the Bible, a person's name is a description of their character. Have you ever noticed that when you're reading the Bible and it says, and he was named such and such because, you know, he was sorrow, you know, or whatever. And it says these different things. So, for example, like Abraham, his name means father of many nations. And so he was. Amen? Um, Likewise, the names of God in Scripture are various descriptions of his character. So when you hear God's name, you know, God, God the Father, you know, what do you think? Do you think of his character? Okay, so I want to teach you today a little bit about the character of God. And, and once you understand and recognize and, and know the character of God, I believe you, you'll be closer to trusting him. And you'll be way closer to walking in all the promises that God has for you. Because you, it's hard to receive a gift from somebody that you don't trust or that you don't know. You know? Because you don't know what it could be. So you're a little leery. I mean, some people just take gifts all day long and say, I don't care, I'll just take it, you know. But, but you know, but I'm just saying, you know, it, it might be a little harder. But once you know him, you'll be able to receive from him. Um, the names of God in Scripture are various descriptions of his character. So God's name is equal to all that the Bible and creation tells us about God. So to honor God's name is to honor him, Matthew 6, 9. The command, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, in Exodus 27, is a command telling us not to dishonor God's name or his reputation by words that we speak of him. Now, I'm just going to go off on a little side note on this. My kids probably thought I was just extra growing up because (laughs) he's going, yes. Because I wouldn't even let them say, oh, my God. I wouldn't even let them say that because to me that's just too close. It's just too close. You know, uh, you say, you can say, oh, my gosh. You can say, oh, my goodness. But I wouldn't even let them say, oh, my God. Because I don't like that. God knows I'm just using it as an example. <laughs> you know, because it's too close to disrespecting him. I don't want to do that. I don't want to disrespect him in any way. And maybe that's a little extra. You don't have to go that far if you don't want to. But that's just me. And that's what I taught my kids. But we don't need to take his name in vain for sure. And whenever I hear that, like on a show or out in public, it just like stabs me. It just stabs me whenever they say his name in vain. And they curse God, you know, and say those words. You know what a beaver builds and all that? Y'all got that. Some of y'all got that. You know, but it just stabs me when I hear it. It stabs me when I hear it because it's like, oh, my gosh. Don't do that. Don't disrespect him. He doesn't. He is so good. He is so good. Don't disrespect him like that. Amen. And then I'll take you one farther. We should never speak of him in a foolish or misleading way. And as Christians, we have the responsibility to act in ways that reflects his true character because we're Christians, little anointed ones. Amen? So we should never dishonor him by speaking in such a way. Uh, Certainly don't ever do the the beaver thing and uh, the beaver building thing. But uh, some of y'all are catching it. So some of you will get that on the way home. Amen? But, uh, But respect him for who he is. Amen? Respect him for who he is. Did you know, okay, so when I started putting this, uh, this message together earlier in the week, I was like overwhelmed. Did you know that there are 995 titles and names of God in the Bible? 995. I was like, Lord, how am I supposed to teach on this? There's just so many. They're, you're so good. And he's like, yeah, because I want them to know me. 
That's why God did that. He put that in there so much because he wants you to know his character. He wants you to know him. And so every, every so often in the Bible, he's just putting out who he is, who he is, who he is, who he is, because he's drawing you to himself. He's wanting you to trust him. He's wanting you to know him. Amen? So he gives you a name here, a name there. This is who I am to you. This is who I am for you. And so what, what great information. So I was like, Lord, what am I supposed to do here? So he said he gave me a certain amount of, of names that I was to select. I was like, Lord, you're going to have to help me pick the ones that I can teach on because we'll be here all day. <laughs> and I'd be okay with that. <laughs> but I know you wouldn't, but that's okay. <laughs> so I believe God has a great desire to reveal himself and his character to us. He really wants us to get to know him and to understand his true heart. So God has many names, and they each reveal a different aspect of his character, his ways, who he is, and what he does. And to know his name is to know him. And when you really know God and understand the meaning behind the names of God, it will fill your heart with faith and confidence and trust in him. If you really get an understanding of these names and his character, it will fill your heart with faith and trust and confidence. So then the Lord told me to teach on five names of who he is and to focus on these five names for this teaching so that he could reveal to us more about his true character. So God desires for us to get to know him better so we will be able to trust him more. If you don't get anything else from what I say today, get that. He just wants you to know him more so you can trust him more. Amen? So you can receive more from him. He is such a giver. He is such a giver. So the five names that we're going to learn about today are, number one, Abba, Father. It means Daddy God. Amen? Yahweh. Uh, Yahweh means I am who I am. See how I kind of smushed two together right there? Jehovah Jireh, I am who I am. The Lord is my provider. Um, Yahweh Rapha, I am who I am. The Lord is my healer. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, I am who I am. The Lord is my banner or my victory. We're going to go over that. And Jehovah Shalom, I am who I am. The Lord is my peace. So we're going to go ahead and start with uh, Abba. Abba, Father, Daddy, God. Galatians 4, 6 through 7. I have it here in the NIV. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba, Father. So you're no longer a slave, like a slave to sin, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. That should make somebody happy. That you are God's heir, that's pretty amazing. Romans 8, 15 in the Amplify says, For you have not received the spirit of slavery, leading again for, to fear of God's judgment, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, the spirit-producing sonship by which we joyfully cry, Abba, Father. So we need to know God as our daddy God, as our good, good father. Um, you know how when you're growing up, you would say, you would probably called who called their father daddy? Anybody? Anybody call your father daddy? Papa? What did you call him? Shout it out. What did you call him? Papa? Yeah? All right. Pappy? Okay. That's what Jared wants to call uh, his his dad when he has grandchildren someday, Pappy. And I'm like, he's not going to go for that at all. He's not going for that at all. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, um, and then he wants to call me Hamall. That ain't happening. It's not happening, man, because my maiden name was Ham. Instead of Mamaw, Hamall. That's not happening, man. They say, you can call me Glamaw. Anyway, one day. But uh, we need to know God is our daddy. And so here in the Western states, we use the term daddy more often uh, than not. But over in the Middle Eastern states, uh, Middle Eastern countries, they call their daddies Abba, Abba, 
Abba. So that means daddy. And so this name of God is daddy. It's father. We, uh, like I said, uh, maybe you had a, okay, listen, maybe you had a dad that wasn't so good. You know, some people, or maybe you didn't have a dad at all. You know, um, that may be the case. Uh, but I want you to think about for just a moment the kind of dad, if that was the case, the kind of dad that you wished you had. You know? My dad wasn't perfect. He had a lot of flaws. But he did love God. So I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that. But I want you to think about just for a moment the kind of dad that maybe you wished you had. Now, think about God. He is all that you ever wished for and more. Amen? So that you will not have anything missing, anything broken, anything lacking. God is your Father. Amen? And so when I look back, and, and I, my Father's gone on to be with Jesus, so I don't want to speak negative of Him at all. But there was a lot of things that I, I, I would have liked to have had from Him that I didn't get. You know? For one, just tell me you love me. Because He never did that until I was in college and I made Him tell me. Him and my mom both. I sat him down. I said, you need to tell me that you love me because I've never heard it. They were shocked because they were brought up that they, they didn't speak like that in their house. They were brought up like that, you know. I tell you what, I tell my kids all the time, don't I, Jara? I just flood you with I love you. And he's just like probably tired of hearing it. But, uh, but do you know that I love you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Amen. It's always fun to have your kid in here so they can just take all the... <laughs> Amen. So now, like I said, God is all that and more for you if you will let him be. He wants to be close to you like a good father would be. He wants to take good care of you and give you all the wisdom that you need. Like a father traditionally should give you all the wisdom that you need, you know, show you how to shave and all that stuff. I don't have to shave, but, you know. But the father should show that, show you all that, right? Well, God wants to give you all the wisdom that you need that maybe you didn't get from your earthly father. He wants to guide you. God wants to guide you and lead you and teach you like a good father does. And I want to ask you today, will you let God do that? Will you let him be your good, good father? Amen? Think about it. Will you let let him be daddy God to you, regardless of what had happened to you growing up? Amen? Think about that. Meditate on that. God wants to be your good, good father. So the next one is Jireh. Yahweh, Jireh, the Lord, my provider. Um, it comes from Genesis twenty-two fourteen, And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. So this uh, funny story on this one, Jireh was a year old. I didn't, I didn't know I was going to talk about you so much today, but um, Jireh was a, a year old. Jireh was a day old before he even got his name. And what happened was after all of the... The visitors had gone and out of the hospital, and I was there finally alone uh, with the baby. I had my Bible out, and I was reading through it, and the Lord took me to this set of scriptures about Abraham where he took Isaac up on the mountain to sacrifice him, right? Because God had told him to. Now, this child, Isaac, was the promised one, the one that he waited years for. He was 100 years old when he had this baby. And now God is saying to take him and sacrifice him? But he's like, I trust you, God, no matter what. So whenever he went up onto the mountain, he told his uh, servant at the bottom of the mountain, he said, we will be back. And so he took his son up there, and he went to go do what God told him to do. Back then, they were into, you know, sacrifices, 
of animals for God, to honor God and all that. And then when he told him to sacrifice his son, and it may have been so confusing to him because God did not, did not even, um, God did not look kindly on the religions of that day that sacrificed children. You know, he was against that. So Abraham had to have been confused, you know, that he waited this long and then God, you know, so, but he still trusted God. He just trusted God. And so he put Isaac out there on the altar and he got ready with the knife. Can you imagine? I couldn't do it. And then God said, stop. And he provided a ram that was, his horns were caught in the, in the thicket, in the brush. God provided the sacrifice. He says, do not harm your son. I provided for you the sacrifice. Well, Jesus is our sacrifice. Amen. Amen. Jesus is our sacrifice. So that was a type and shadow. But that's what Abraham, Abraham cried out. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God provides. Amen. Can you imagine the joy he cried that out with? Genesis 22, 14 in the Amplified says, So Abraham named that place the Lord will provide. And it is said to this day, On the mountain of the Lord it will be seen and it will be provided. And I love that God included those words in this because it will be seen and, and provided. So God provided it for him. But you know what? What if he didn't even see? What if he didn't see that? What if he was so emotionally distraught that he just didn't hear God or see what God was doing and just went ahead and did that? But see, he said, it is seen and provided. That is so amazing. I love this about God. His character is shown so strongly here. God will not only provide for you, but he will make sure you see it in time for it to make the, the, the most difference. He will make sure. Praise. Let's give Jesus praise for that. Amen. He knows our humanity. He knows what we go through. And he makes sure that we see that provision. He makes sure that it's there for us to see. Amen? When we are trusting God to make a way and we are looking for his resources, he will make sure not only to provide it, but to show it to us in time. He will even provide for us what we need to give back to him. Because that was an offering to him. That was to honor him. So God will put hand in your seed to sow. He will give you what you need to honor him. He will give you what you need. Amen? He will put seed in our hands and sow, 2 Corinthians 9, 10. He is the Lord, our provider. Will you trust him for your provision? Will you trust him? Will you include him in your finances? Will you include him in your life? Will you cry out to him when you need something? He's a good, good father. He wants to provide it for you. There's nothing we wouldn't do for our children. My, my husband acts hard and everything with whenever he's around them. But you know what? He does everything. We were at the store the other day, and I got him some, some glasses. And we saw another pair there, and he's like, you think Jairo would like those? I said, I think he would. And he said, let's go ahead and get them for him. I was like, okay, well, let me text him to make sure he likes it because he is super biggy. So I texted him. He said, yeah, yeah, I like those. But he's a good, good father. He wants to bless his son, you know? He wants to bless his children. God is like that. He has provision for you. Amen? But we got to pay attention. we got to listen. we got to see. we got to trust God. When you're trusting God is when you can see. When you're trusting God is when you can see. When you're not trusting him or looking to him for his resources and his help, you could miss it. You could, do, you could buy something or because you don't think you have the provision. You could go out and... You know, put it all in the credit card because you don't think you have God's provision. You know, just trust him and ask him and help, ask him for his help. And then you'll be able to see and, and know what to do for his provision. Amen. So will you trust him for his provision for you? Amen. Now, this next one, 
Yahweh Rapha, I am who I am, the Lord my healer. Um, Exodus 15:26 in the King James Version is a long, uh, long set of scriptures about, you know, um, doing what God has told us to do. But then it says, and I am the God that healeth thee. That, then that's where the scripture reference for Rapha comes in. Psalms 103, this is one of my favorite set of scriptures. I use it all the time. I, I pray it all the time. I, I have it memorized in the Amplified, but I went ahead and put it here in the CEV because it was so clear. With all my heart, I praise the Lord. I will never forget how kind he has been. The Lord forgives our sins and heals us when we are sick and protects us from death. His kindness and love are a crown on our heads. Each day that we live, he provides for our needs and gives us the strength of young eagle. Uh, I, I, one of the, uh, the other ways that, that I have it uh, memorized is, is um, he renews, uh, uh, he satisfies my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. You know, an eagle will molt his skin and have fresh new everything, uh, you know, every time that he does that. And so that's what that scripture is in reference to. But it says that God will heal us, amen? Heal us if we are sick and keep us and protect us from death. So God is our healer. Isaiah 53, 5 in the GNT, and i got to hurry now. But because of our sins, he was wounded, beaten because of the evil we did. We are healed by the punishment he suffered, made whole by the blows that he received. This is a great healing scripture. Isaiah 53, 5, jot it down, write it down, put it in your notes in your phone. Isaiah 53, 5, if you're sick, just pray this prayer, this pray this scripture. Uh, God healed me. Jesus you know, Jesus bore stripes on his back. You know what that means? He took lashings on his back. He took 39 lashings with the cat of nine tails. And you know what that means? It's a, uh, a whip that has nine whips on the end of it. And on the end of each part of those whips, each nine of those, there's a, a nail or a sharp rock or a piece of glass, something that will cut when it hits flesh and pull that flesh back out. And Jesus took 39 of those. They said that would have normally just killed people. But he hung on because he had to go to the cross. And did you know that there are 39 different strains or types of, of diseases? Interesting, right? God is our healer through the blood of Jesus. Jesus took a beating and lashings on his back so that we could have the promise of healing for our bodies. He heals us in both our bodies and our souls. His ultimate healing for our soul, for our soul is forgiveness. We need to choose to believe that he forgives us. And also, y'all, listen, we need to forgive ourselves so that we can be, get beyond the past. In order to move towards the future that God has for you, you need to receive his forgiveness and then also forgive yourself. Whatever it may be that's holding you back, keeping you trapped in your mind about what you did or what you didn't do or how you did something or how you handled it, receive God's healing and forgive yourself so that you can move into what God has for you next. Amen? God is waiting. He's waiting. Don't get caught up in the past because you won't even forgive yourself. Amen? Will we take the time to truly meditate on his healing power and provision so that we can believe and receive healing from our loving Father today? Amen? Um, I don't know if I'm going to make 1130, y'all. I'm so sorry. Um, Yahweh Nisi, I am who I am, the Lord, my banner. Uh, Exodus 17, 14 through 15, King James Version. And the Lord said unto Moses, Write this for a memorial in a book and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua, for I will utterly put out of the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called the name of it Jehovah Nisi. So this was after a great battle. Okay, ever, ever feel like you've been in a great battle? Anybody? Yeah, just me? A few people? God promises us 
victory over our enemies. Amen? Victory. Amen? Amen. The word Nisi means banner. In war times, a banner flew above the army to show who you were. So God is your banner of victory. Amen? A banner was flown during wartime to show whose army you were. God is saying here that his banner over us is victory. And even Song of Solomon 2.4 says, his banner over me is love. God wants us to know and truly understand that he is for us, never against us. Romans 8.31. What then shall we say to all these things if God is for us? Who can be successful against us? Amen? Who can be successful against us? That's great news. Amen? You've got to understand and believe God's character. He is for you, never against you. Will you know and trust that God is always for you, always working things together for your good, Romans 8, 28, always providing the victory for you? And after all, he provides us a table in the presence of our enemies in Psalms 23, 5. What does that even mean? A table? I'm almost done. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I'm trying to go fast. What does that even mean? He provides a table in the presence of your enemies. It means that even though you may be going through a battle, even though you may be going through it, you can sit down and rest and get refreshed and get provision, get fed by God. And you don't have to even worry. You can rest right there in the presence of the enemy, in the presence of the, the chaos, in the presence of the turmoil. You can sit at God's table and get refreshed and restored. Amen? That's what that means. Let him show you your victory and trust him for it. Amen? Last one. Um, shalom. Amen? The Lord my peace. Um, Judges 624 NLT, this is where it says, which means the Lord is peace. Gideon built an altar to the Lord there. The altar remains to this day. God has provided peace for us in all circumstances. When we get to know him, we can trust him and rest in his peace. That passes our understanding, Philippians 4, 7. Jesus said in John 14, 27, this is Jesus talking, okay? I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. If you're troubled or afraid, go to God. He's got peace for you. When we, when we receive God as our peace, we can truly have rest in our souls. Even though we may have chaos going on around us, we can have peace within us. You got that? So even though you may not understand or know what's going on, oh my gosh, my marriage is crazy right now, or oh my gosh, my job, whatever, you can still have peace inside you knowing God has got it. God is going to give you the victory. God is going to give you the rest. Amen? You can trust him and live in peace. So let's trust his peace so that we will not be troubled or afraid. 1 John 4, 18 says that his perfect love will cast out that fear. Sometimes I think we just need to repeat to ourselves over and over, the Lord is my peace. The Lord is my peace. I will not fear. I will trust him. The Lord is my peace. So if you want to say that with me, I'm going to say it real quick, and you can repeat it if you want. The Lord is my peace. The Lord is my peace. I will not fear. I will trust him. The Lord is my peace. You know what? You can just write that down in your notes on your phone or somewhere, and just so you can re repeat it, repeat it until you really feel it in, on the inside. So God's names each reveal a different aspect of his character. Like I said, I just picked five, and we're still running late with just the five. So, I mean, mm, they reveal his character, his ways, who he is, what he does. To know his name is to know him. When you really know God and understand the meaning behind his names and who he is, it will fill your heart with faith and confidence and trust in who he is to you personally. Make it personal. Amen? The more you get to know God and his character through the word, the more you will be able to trust him, and the more he will be able to meet all your needs. He's waiting. He has all your promises in his hands, waiting to just bestow them all on you, and all he needs is for you to believe. He just needs for you to believe. 
And the way that you believe is that you know him and you trust him and you receive from him. Amen? The more he will be able to meet all your needs. Get to know him through the word. Know his character so you can trust him because God is truly everything that you need. Amen? So I want to challenge those of you who want to know him more. Do a study on the names of God and allow him to truly reveal to him, to you, his character, who he is, who he is to you. Amen? Um, so... 1132, hey, two minutes. I did good, I did good, God is good. But anyways, so before I close, if there's anything that stood out to you, I, I like to teach instead of preach because Pastor Tori is a preacher usually and I'm usually a teacher. But if anything stood out to you and you'd like to share it with us real quickly, anybody have anything that stood out that they want to share? This is to teach you boldness. Nobody learned anything? Okay. You're awesome, Brad. Thank you for that. Woo! That is awesome. Thank you for speaking up, man. I just love you. <laughs> That's a yes. That is beautiful. And yesterday you had a little family birthday party for him for his one year. That is beautiful. She did it in faith. And you had to just trust. Absolutely. Absolutely. Amen. Anybody else? God is your provider. Did I pick some good ones? Those are good ones, right? Yeah. It was hard. <laughs> it was hard. There were so many. Um, anybody else learn anything today? Or just want to say something that maybe you already knew but was just refreshed today? Yes. Amen. More than good ask or think, sweetie. That's awesome. Praise God. Thank you for being bold and talking. I know you don't like to do that, so thank you for doing that. Anybody else? Before we pray? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Yes. I know. It's awesome, isn't it? The Word of God is so good. It's better than chocolate cake, which I love, but I can't eat. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but anyways, anybody else have anything else to say? Thank you for those of you that were bold and spoke out and maybe the ones of you that are sitting there like oh maybe next time <laughs> all right well, let's go ahead and pray if y'all don't mind just bowing your head and closing your eyes so we can just give some privacy here there might be i just always want to make sure there might be somebody who hasn't actually given uh, their heart to the lord yet and maybe through this teaching you're like oh my gosh i really want to be a little anointed one i really want to be a christian i want to proclaim proclaim jesus as my lord and savior so if you've never done that before and you want to do that right now, you don't have to worry. We're not going to single you out or bring you down here or anything like that. But we're just going to pray with you, all of us together. Um, so if 
if that is you, if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, but you want to today, would you just slip your hand up and we'll pray with you? We won't single you out. Is there anyone who's just not sure that you're saved, that you're going to heaven? Is there anybody here that's not sure, but you want to make sure? All right, well, I believe that we are all saved then. I do believe. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you, Lord, for your, just your, your word, Lord God. We're so grateful that you made a way for us to know you through your word. You made a way for us to know you more, Lord God, and to experience you and know your character. Lord, help us to grow in you. Help us to be from category four, Lord God, that response number four, that we'll be careful how we listen so that we can put into practice the words that you've spoken in your word, Lord God. We're so grateful that you provided them for us. We thank you, Lord, that you are a good, good father. We thank you, Lord, again for blessing our fathers, especially the men here of this house, Lord God, that you just bless them, Lord God, and, and, and just meet their every need. We thank you, Lord God, for our families. We thank you, Lord God, for a hedge of protection around about our families. We thank you, Lord God, that each and every one of them, we have the promise of their salvation in your word, Lord God. And so we receive all of our family members saved by the blood of Jesus, going to heaven with us when the time comes. And Lord God, we thank you, Father, for long, prosperous, abundant lives, Lord God. We are so grateful to, to you for all that you're doing. And we give you praise for all that you are in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless.